Hi, I'm Beck Rayner, and this is the Military Wife Life podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, and embraces the spouses behind the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever, whenever, and Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome, Kim, to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thank you for having me. How long have you been with your military person? Can you tell us how you met? We have been together for 10 years, married for seven this year. We met, as a lot I think do, at a nightclub where a mutual friend invited us both. She was actually at recruit school for the Navy at the time. And I I went along and some of the other recruit students were there as well. So that's where we met. So obviously when you met your now husband, he had just started recruit school. What did that kind of mean for you when I guess you guys went forward and started seeing each other or dating each other? Did that have any weight when it came to pursuing a relationship together? And did that change your mind about where things might go with him being in defence? It didn't have any weight and it wasn't a factor to me at all. I came from a defence family and we always had our friends growing up, our close family friends were all defence families. So I didn't blink an eye at it, to be honest. So I guess in saying that, did you have any expectations of what defence life would be, given that you you know, had been surrounded by defence people and defence families and had some sort of knowledge? Was it sort of a, a different story once you were with someone that was in defence? How did that sort of work out for you? Yeah, it was definitely different because when um, my dad was in the Navy, it was when I was quite young. So I don't remember living through any deployments or any real training or going away and things like that. So when I did meet my husband, it was a matter we really needed to get used to that. He lived on base. I was an hour and a half away. So there was a lot of travel back and forth at that time. So that was very different, but I probably didn't think enough about it. Did your mum play a role in, I guess, being able to understand what you may have been going through as as a defence spouse and all that maybe was ahead of you as a defence spouse? Did she give any insight or was she able to guide you through any of that? Both my mum and my dad were very open to it. They were actually quite excited to have, um, oh, she's met a Navy boy type thing. And mum was like, yep, this is good. You can do it. And I really dug deep and got a lot of support from my mum. And I always thought if my mum can marry the man she loves in Scotland and move to Australia in 1978 with no support network in Australia, I'm like, if she can do that, I can do this where I've got my family in at least the same country. So I was very um, positive being able to do that. I guess on the same note, did that then maybe hinder you from complaining very much about different parts of defence life because you knew that your mum had been through, you know, huge changes and, and didn't have like the online community to support her or wasn't able to, you know, Skype family and friends and all of that sort of side of thing. I think it probably did. It was always a matter of, look, you can't complain because what they had back in 1978 and through the 80s is nothing like we've got today, even for connecting with people while they're away. 
and like down to mobile phones and things. So it probably was, I think as I, the saying I would go, it's no factor. It just, it just would roll on. What was your introduction to Defence Life like? Obviously, you know, you had a, a background and you knew a little bit about Defence Life. Obviously, you had people around you that had been through similar and could support you. But what was your actual introduction to Defence Life like once you had been together for a while and I guess, you know, went on your first posting or what sort of happened? So I've been very lucky in the sense of we haven't been moved around or posted anywhere due to the location of where my husband was in the Navy. We always had a bit of a distance, so he was only we'd only see each other on weekends. So that was probably at least for the first year, it was mainly on weekends. So it was really one of these mid-distance relationships. But during that time in that first year, it was really when I found out the relationships that they bond with the other people that they're in the defence and going through recruit school, going through their training, the bond that they create and the friendships that they create is amazing. I think it's really next level and I was really in awe of that and that I think was fantastic. Do you feel like part of the attraction to a defence person might be that community that you can see and that bond that you can see that they have with their friends and, and within their work and that, you know, it feels like it would be something great to be a part of? Yeah, I would. It's wonderful to see, like, I think when you're looking at a defence member, you know there are some common values that they all share. And at the end of the day, for me at least, good values. I like there's a lot of honesty and trust behind that. Um, And that's appealing. And I guess, you know, loyalty to a greater Mm -hmm. cause. And um, you can see that they have this vision or they all have this one goal to come together and and do this this greater greater thing I guess yeah great it's it's the greater good it's not about them like yes there's the career paths within the defense but at the end of the day you're serving your country and I think that's amazing so can you tell us whereabouts you're posted at the moment and what field your military person works in? Does it take him away a lot? How does it sort of work with his um, job? At the moment, so he is at Holsworthy, so I'm um, living in Sydney. He hasn't been on a deployment as yet and most of his um, time away is maybe anywhere from just a week to six weeks at a time on and off training or support staff. So it's we do get um, times where there is no contact and we do have times where it's just contact once a week, which is, can be very difficult. And so your husband is actually a reservist at the moment. How did it come about that your husband went from being, I guess, full-time defence to going reserves? He was in the Navy when we first met and was medically discharged. And it was probably maybe four years after that I remember he was, we were just sitting down and he looked at me and he said, I want back in. And I'm like, okay, let's look at this. What do we have to do? And he had actually gone through and rehabilitated himself to be able to apply back through defence recruitment. At first, he was knocked back because of his medical discharge, but we were able to, he went for multiple scans and so forth and said, I am fine. And and they, they accepted him in. Originally, he was going back into the Navy full-time was what he was trying to do. But to go back in full-time 
he wasn't able to retread and he had to go back to recruit school for the 12 weeks, which at this point our son was one and we just financially couldn't do that. So he said no on the spot. We can't do that. But less than 24 hours later, he came back to me and said, I found another way. I'll go in as a reservist and get my training done. And hopefully one day he might actually go back full time. But the reservist was his way in. And so what were you feeling about him wanting to get back in? And, you know, what was the process like when he got medically discharged? I guess that was, you know, that's not always an easy process. And then he's obviously, it's great that he's rehabilitated himself and got into the stage where he can get back in. But what were you feeling that meant for your family and obviously kids and stability and all of that and him being around, I guess, because that wasn't part of the plan anymore? Yeah, going through the medical discharge was, very stressful. It's, as you know, defence don't do anything quickly. And it was a big process and they were able to get him off like general duties and get him actually working, uh, which was very helpful for his civvy job. And I think we were waiting for his civvy job. He was discharging on a Saturday and it was the Friday before his discharge that he got a call to say he, he had actually gotten a job in civvy world. And the stress of the leading up to that was just next level because I had only recently moved out of home myself <laughs> and I'm like, I can't actually keep you. Um, you might have to move back to your family in Canberra because I can't actually both of us on one income just wasn't going to work but it was very stressful and I'm just thankful he got that job and he he worked his civvy job and he he loves his um, civilian job which is great but there was just something there that wanted him um, to get back in. So once he had done that process and applied to be a reservist and that sort of all went through what sort of happens do you get given a job like how does it work and do you go to a location around the country or do you get to pick where you are? In general with reservists my understanding is as long as there's somewhere there's different positions around Australia at different locations and we were lucky that where he wanted to be was within Sydney which was very helpful. So recruit school was five weeks he was very lucky and was able to start getting some calls to us every Sunday which was fantastic but other than that we didn't hear or see from him for the five weeks and then And after that, every Tuesday, he turns up for parade at his base. And from there, he's quite active. He's a very active reservist because there's, I think they even advertise that you have to do like a minimum of 20 hours a a year and you can kind of scale that as you can. But I would say my husband's a very active reservist. So does he have another job at the same time? It's definitely like working two jobs. He's got his civilian job, which is actually a company that contracts into defence and works alongside them and then he's a reservist so whenever he's actually got to go to a base I'm like are you who are you working for so you've really got to he's got to keep his finger on the pulse of two jobs and he's like he's reporting to two bosses because of course you still get I would say daily communications with the army even on weekends I can turn around and go who's that and he's like oh Sarge sergeant it's it's really um bizarre so even as a reservist who goes in for a few hours on a Tuesday and any other kind of work that they they need it's very interesting of how much contact there actually is. Nine out of 10 defence spouses wish they found out about defence banks sooner. Okay, 
I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. So I guess you have the advantage of him being able to adjust the reserve work around his civvy job and family and whatever's happening. And, and I guess that little bit of pressure and lack of control is kind of taken out of the picture, despite the fact that you still have sort of your foot in the door with defence. But how does it work with support for spouses of reserve members? Because he still can get called up to go if he wants to and says yes and go away and have lack of contact and all that comes with being a military member. But how does it work with the support for spouses and the families when your military members are reservist? I actually am unaware of any support for reservist spouses, which is very interesting. I even asked my husband and and he's unsure as well. Before he went into recruit school, or I think it might've been in the first few days, I remember getting a letter with some contact details and a rundown of what happens. But other than that, there's been nothing. And even thinking about it, if he was away and I needed to get in contact with him, I don't know if I could. Because reservists can still go on deployments and and do long stints um, with defence and still be called on to have the same, I guess, expectations as any full-time defence member. Yes, that's correct. And I think I'm assuming, I hope I get some sort of information if that happens. If he gets taken away for a, a deployment, everything that he's done at the moment has either been training or support staff and it's all been within Australia. But if I really need to get a hold of him and I couldn't get him on his mobile, I don't actually think I could get a hold of him. So are you eligible to, for instance, call up Defence Community Organisation or Open Arms or any of those support, if you're aware of those supports? As a reservist, are you able to access those things or you just don't know? Just don't know. I also think there's a feeling as a reservist spouse, I also have that feeling if I don't need it, like we are just that foot in the door. So I'm either not entitled or, and there are most likely other people that require it more. So I probably haven't seeked it either from that side. And so how do you identify Like what do you kind of identify as? Because sometimes you're a spouse, sometimes he contracts to defence, which, you know, he's still in the world of defence and, you know, all that goes on with that. But how do you identify and do you, would you feel comfortable going to like a defence play group or any of those sorts of supports? And how would you identify yourself? And that is a very difficult question because I do see myself as a spouse because of the history, I suppose. It's been from when we met, he was in the Navy, then he's always worked with the defence and now he's back in. And it's always, I, I have friends ask me, it's like, oh, is, is your husband away? Um, oh, is that with Army or is that with his civvy job? Because both jobs take him away for a few weeks at a time. And that I think really makes me feel like a, a defence wife. 
However, I am very conscious when speaking to full-time member wives that it is different. I do have a bit more control of, of things we do. At the end of the day, my husband can say no to different things. So I do tend to try and take a back seat to that. But it's not like if he, you know, you've mentioned he goes away for four or five week stints. It's not like if the, the crap hits the fan and he's away on one of those five week stints, he can just go, oh, I'm a reservist. I've got to go home because it's really going on at home. And, you know, we're not really a defense family. So, you know, see ya. Yeah, that's true. Once he's there, he's, he's there. And a lot of the time where he works in the army, they don't see it that way either. And they really work with you as much effort as you put in, they put into you as well. So there's a few times where very defense-like the the day before, oh, excuse me, you've got to show up for this tomorrow. And the answer's, oh, I can't. And they'd get their back up about it. But it's like, hang on, I've got a civvy job to go to and they haven't approved my leave to go to this tomorrow. <laughs> so so they, we still get that kind of dealings with the Defence Force as well. Yeah, and I guess it sounds like from what you've described, your husband went to the extent, got med discharged, rehabilitated himself and wanted to get back in. So it's not like he's not committed to the cause. Like he sounds like he is all in and would be the type that would put as much as he can into that role and probably go above and beyond like a lot of defense members do because it is, you know, it's ingrained in them sort of thing. So it's not like he's just there for a few hours getting the reserve bucks and you're not really involved in the community. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And I think he does work the reserve surface who work with are a lot like that, they're all in. They're absolutely all in because at the end of the day, they don't have to do it. They sit there like any kind of volunteers. They don't have to be there. Yes, yes, there's some money involved, which is which is great. But I think he'd do it even if there wasn't. That's why it creates such a, a tricky situation for you because he is all in and he does mm. go above and beyond, but you still can't identify as a spouse or a defence family fully because you wear different hats as a defense family and but like I mentioned before it, that means nothing when he's away for four weeks and in the middle of that four weeks you know your son gets sick and you're juggling work and everything that you usually juggle but he's not there yeah exactly you're exactly right that must be a huge weight on your shoulders to I guess juggle all of those roles alongside the commitments that he obviously has to his various yeah. yeah it's definitely hard and I think that's one thing I have to set my week up like we have a routine and there's certain days that, that my husband does the pickup and, and things after from daycare and school and whatnot. But I have to have, there's a contingency plan. There's always a contingency plan because that might be fine this month, but next month he might be gone for three weeks. So, okay, what are we going to do those days? Do I need to change my hours at work? Do I need to engage my mum or my mother-in-law to come up and help me? So there's always a contingency plan in place. So I've always got to have these different plans to make sure everything can run smoothly. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's all well and good for you to be able to cope with, you know, having your foot in civil world and reserve world and being a spouse you know, wearing all hats, but how do you explain that? And how do you help your, your son to cope with reserve life and all that comes with, you know, your husband sometimes being away and sometimes being at a different job? How do, how do you manage that? Communication and talking to him. Sometimes people will ask me, how does he understand he's only three, he's only four? And it's just the repetition. And he always asks, and he does, it's, 
it's natural now. It's always, is daddy coming home tonight? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he'll be, he'll be home tonight. And, but not tomorrow. And I probably, it is just sometimes him and I, so it's just the one-on-one and we just chat about it. And really he'll, he'll tell people, oh, dad's going to army today. And my husband took him into, um, base one day and they just loved him too. So I think really getting him on base and being able to show him where he goes and things like that was um, a real plus and everyone there loved him and, and took him around and he might only be four, but he understands. He asks questions and I encourage that as well. And so a lot of the time spouses find real comfort in having that community where others get it, because unless you live that life, you can just never get it. Other spouses say that, you know, when they find that one person that's also a spouse and gets it for them, that it's just like a weight has been lifted off their shoulders and they, they know that there's at least someone in their life that just gets what they're going through. So do you have someone in your life that is like that for you? Or have you been able to find someone like that, despite the fact that, you know, you feel like you've got your in you know civvy world and and defense life i think i have i go to a local gym just to get me through my week and there's a few military wives there which is fantastic and you can really have a chat some of them have had husbands that have been deployed in the last 12 months and you just check in with them i know they get it it is very hard for even having conversations with non-defense friends even when derek wanted to get back in and was going down the reservist route I had a friend say but can't you just say no like this is about you and your family now and they just didn't get that I'm like no I can't say no like this is obviously ingrained in into my husband and I refuse to be sitting on the couch when we're 70 years old and my husband turns to me and says I wish I had and the person that was holding him back was me and I'm like he's got to give it a go he's got to go through and and see if this is for him and he's really a happier person being in the military that reservist role is just so important so they can have that touch so what is the near future likely to hold with I guess deployments and his reserve time how what's it sort of looking like do you get any sort of forewarning what might be happening in the next 12 months or yeah. how does it work with reserves at the moment they have this chat that goes on and they they post out different dates where they who would like to do this we need support on this this is being run and they give a list of dates and at least they can go back and say yep I'm available I can do this 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 but I can't do this which is really helpful and so we've got maybe about you get about a month or two out at the moment and then he does have some more training for himself as well over the next 12 months but of course that means because you are a reservist you aren't first on the list so if there's full-time or direct entries on the list first to go on the training they get first dibs and then the reservists go in after which can be very hard because it might be something he really wants to do but you are at the bottom of the list to get put on yeah it's like he's waiting to be picked for the basketball team or something like that and he's like i know i'm going to be at picked last but i really want to go on the team <laughs> yeah that's it and that's where it really works out the amount of effort you put in so he's very active he's there every week you really see it on the other side if they see you're trying and and the effort's there and you're all in they'll work their hardest to get you in as well and that's the relationships he's built up the chain is very obvious as well and so what is the i guess the ultimate goal of 
you know, his reserve time, is he really wanting a certain deployment or um, will he just keep doing that, doing reserve time for as long as he wants to, or have you got a kind of plan for how that will work for your family? Still got training to do and things like that, but I think we will get to a point where there will be some sort of deployment. I think that's something he would love to do himself. It's almost a bit of unfinished business if he doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he turned around and said, there's a position full-time for me and I'll, I'll move that way. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me either. I'd be okay with that. I'd be fine with that. And so what have you learned along the way of being a defence spouse and then a civvy spouse and then a reserve spouse? What have you sort of learned yeah. along the way? Resilience. Like even, even my four-year-old, we've had a lot of roadblocks and twists and turns and cliffhangers all the way through the military storyline over the last 10 years and we just you know you get up and you just keep going and you know what the defense is such a hurry up and wait even even this week I was asking okay it's Anzac Day on Sunday what's the plan and it's not sure yet, but everything's like that. It's a bit, it's definitely hurry up and wait. But another thing I've learned is relationships are everything. Between the relationships my husband's created in the defence and the ones I have created through that as well, they really care. The boys will come around here with a case of beer and sit out the back and whatnot, but they're always walking to the house with the utmost respect and they really, they check in on me and I've built a relationships there that I can reach out to them and if something's not going the way we really want it to, I can give them a call and say, what do I say to him? How do you think he is? So those relationships within the military system that is such an important thing just the relationships well thank you so much for coming on the podcast kim and telling us all about your journey as a spouse and going from full-time to civvy world to reserve world and all that comes with those changes thank you very much for having me I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 